Well, hi guys, it's me, Paula, and welcome to my Bible study, the introduction to my Bible study. I'm so glad if you could join me today, and I just wanted to pray for you. Father, I thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding that we might be enlightened to know you, to know your word, Lord. Holy Spirit, come on this Bible study call today and open the eyes of everyone listening. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this time with you, Lord, this extraordinary time for such a time as this, like never in our history before. Are we gathering together, Lord, to learn your word, to study your word, to know your word today? I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, guys, because the Lord has been laying on my heart that we need to gather up the people, not only on my prayer call, but on a Bible study time with him learning God's word. And, you know, today is a very unusual time. Many people are locked in through this coronavirus outbreak, and they are not knowing what to do. You may be one of those people. You may need actually a time to learn God's word. You know what? We all need a time to learn God's word. I personally have been studying God's word for many, many years. I went to Bible school and and also, I'm a degreed teacher. I went to college and got my degree in education. But that doesn't qualify anyone to read or study or know the Word of God. It comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. Read John, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, 15, and 16. And you will hear Jesus tell us who the Holy Spirit is. He is called the Spirit of Truth, who leads and guides us in all truth. He actually takes the Word of God and He reveals it to us. We can't have a Bible study without Him. We can't have a Bible study without Jesus. So if you're someone that doesn't know the Lord Jesus, or maybe you're just curious about what you're supposed to do at this time, I'd like to invite you to come and join me on this journey that we're going to take together. And in the introduction of this journey, I want to just commend you for being, a, first of all, being a part of this. And also, I want to thank you because, you know, when you're hungry and you're thirsty, I was thinking today about this. I thought, what if everything was taken from us? What if, what if right in a moment's time, suddenly all we had was just the clothes on our back and uh, maybe that's it. And we were stuck. And all we had, the other hand, we had the Bible, God's Word. And, and that's how I look at it. We're so hungry. We're so thirsty after God and His Word that we want to know Him and go after Him because we love Him and because we want to seek after Him. And the only way you're going to know God is through His Word. And literally, God's Word, the Bible, is speaking to us. It comes alive. It comes off the pages. And it, if you're hungry, if, if there was nothing in this planet but just you and the Bible, you would have to read it, right? But if I said to you, the Word of God is life to you, is literally like you're, you're, you're so hungry, you're so thirsty, it's all you have, it would be everything you need to survive. Because the Bible said, for the Word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow, that is, of the deepest parts of our nature, 
exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. So the word of God is everything. It goes right down to the soul, the spirit, and it opens up. It opens us up to the truth. You know, there's not several truths. There's only one truth. And God is saying to us today, I am the way, Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So join me today to this introduction to the study of God's Word. So first of all, I want to start out with, you have to have a Bible reading habit. Now you could say, what does that mean, a habit? You have to develop a habit. You have to have, first of all, curiosity a heart for God, and wanting to know, wanting to know, to know the truth. And if you're one of those people out there, like most of us, we want to know the truth. And the Bible is, is everything for us. It's, it's everything we need to, to find out answers to life. And what is going on right now? We can find out what's happening right now in this world. And I want to read this to you out of the habit of reading the Bible. It just says everybody ought to read the Bible, everybody. It's God's word. It holds the solution to life. It tells about the, well, it tells about the best friend we've ever had and the noblest and most kindest and truest man that ever lived on the earth, and that would be Jesus Christ. It is the most beautiful story ever told. It is the best guide to human conduct ever known. It gives a meaning and a glow and a joy and a victory and a destiny and a glory to life elsewhere unknown. There's nothing in history or in literature that in any way or any wise compares with the simple annals of the man of Galilee who spent his days and nights ministering to the suffering, the sick, teaching human kindness, dying for human sin, rising to life again that shall never end, and promising eternal security and eternal happiness to all who will come to him. So most people would understand right now that we need, we like never before, to know the truth. And the Bible is the way you will know the truth. It is God speaking directly to you and to me. You know, in Jer- that, was, that was in Jeremiah chapter 1. It says, um, these are the words of Jeremiah, who was um, actually a prophet. He's a very young man called of the Lord. So the Lord calls Jeremiah. And I'm reading out of the New Living, so I'm reading out of the, um, the uh, Everyday Translation, the New Century Version. It's a very uh, easy translation to understand. It says, The Lord called Jeremiah. The Lord spoke to his word to me, saying, Before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart for a special work. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then I said, but Lord God, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a boy. But the Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere I send you and you must say everything I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of anyone because I am with you to protect you, says the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, see, I am putting my words in your mouth. Today I have put you in charge of nations and kingdoms. You will pull up and tear down, destroy and overthrow, build up and plant. And Jeremiah saw uh, a tree. It says, the Lord spoke his word to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he answered, I see a stick of an almond wood. And the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly because I am watching over my word, or I'm watching to make sure my word comes true. So the Bible says God watches over his word. 
this is his word, the Bible we're going to study together. So he actually performs his word or he hastens to perform it in your life, in your heart. It quickens. The Bible quickens your mortal body. It like quickens your mind. It quickens your emotions. It quickens your soul. And it feeds you. And it gives you, it's a life. It, it must be life or death. I mean, in a way, it has to be like the Bible has to be your life. And if you haven't read it, you have to read it because that's the only way you're going to know. And I always suggest that you start asking one question, who is Jesus? And then you begin reading about his life in in the books of Matthew, book Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you just start there and read the Bible. You know, in this world today, there's a lot of Bible illiteracy going on. There, there's a lot of religious acts of so-called devotion and, and things, but not everyone has developed a habit of, of reading the Bible and studying it. So without then reading it, how will you know who Jesus is? He won't. You won't know what he claimed to be. You won't understand it. And how will you know unless you have a teacher, the Bible says. So that's where I come in. And then the final thing is the Bible, if you don't apply the word of God, the teachings of the word, it's, it's to your advantage. There, there's no use to it. So in this crooked world, in this unchristian world, in this anti-Christ world, the Bible reading has to be done, but it has to be done with the right heart. You have to have an open heart. You have to be open-minded to grow and become effective. And so the thing that's neat about the Bible is that you can come to the Lord like a child with a childlike heart. You don't have to come like a know-it-all or, you know, um, I just open your heart right now and receive the word of God, which is able to save your soul. It's able to help you and it's able to make you strong and give you success in life. It's able to build you up and strengthen you. And so until you start reading it, you won't know. And once you start reading it, you will know what I'm talking about. And you will love it just as much as I love God's Word. I really, really love God's Word. I love His Spirit, the Spirit of God, and I love His Word. So today, um, I want to just start out with just sharing with you briefly the plan that I have for this Bible study. And it's really, I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I am going to follow what the Lord wants me to share. And then I am going to ask you to participate Get your Bible, find a Bible that you like and you want to read it. I mean, I have so many translations, but find one that's easy to read and you understand and you like it. I don't know whatever that is. If you say, well, I only read the King James Bible, then read it. That's fine. Or New King James or New International, whatever. I personally like the Amplified Bible because it's a great teaching Bible. And I also like several other translations, which I've had for many years. I like New King James as well. But I compare Bibles with, you know, Word of God, its languages. But I love to read it. So I would encourage you to become involved with God's Word and also to understand that you have to put it in your heart and in your mouth. You have to put the Word in your heart. You go, well, you mean I'm just memorizing all day long scriptures? Well, in one way, the Bible meditate the Word of God means to think about it, to set your affection upon it, and to love it, to go after it with your whole heart. You say, well, I'm, I'm not really interested in it. Okay, but if you're interested, you have a, just a little bit of interest, and you're curious, and you're smart, which I think you are, you'll at least open up the Bible and begin to study it with me because it's such an exciting journey. And it, it will reveal so many things to you, especially at this very hour that we're living in. 
this very time that we are in, the Bible is going to open up to you what you need to know, especially in the book of Revelation, which is opening up the end time revelation that John had along with several other books and what's happening right now. I really believe we are living in what the Bible calls the time of the end, the end times, or some say the day of the Lord before the return, the second coming, the return. Jesus came from one time, second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, All the promises in here are yea and amen. God and his word are one. In John chapter 1, it said, In the beginning uh, was the word, and the word, the logos, was with God, and the word was God, and the word became a human being and dwelt among us. Jesus is his name. So we can start there. We can start looking at God's word and studying his word and hear the words of the Lord and... um, don't be someone who is either A, afraid, B, doesn't think it's necessary. You need the Word of God in this hour that we're living in, and you've always needed it. You just didn't know it. People call this a pandemic. Other people call it a plandemic, that this was planned, uh, that we're actually in a, you know, a, a warfare, uh, which I believe we are, a spiritual warfare, but some believe it that we are actually in a war like World War Three. And this virus that was released was released purposefully. It was a, uh, a bioweapon. And so actually, we are in perilous times. But I don't want to alarm you. I just want to start with the Word of God uh, today and bless you with it so you, you will not be insecure, that you will have some knowledge. And again, you got to love it. you got to go after it. So would you go with me, please, to um, the book of, of Isaiah, chapter 47. Now here, um, Isaiah is a prophet of the Lord. His prophecies are concerning the future. So the servant of the Lord, you know, he said, behold my servant. He is, he is speaking for God. He's God's messenger, his spokesperson. And he is telling the people, the servant, my servant, he's speaking here of Messiah coming, that will come. And uh, his name is Jesus Christ, and he came. So at that time, he was saying, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice and right and reveal truth to the nations. That would be Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. Speaking prophetically of Jesus, these have already been fulfilled. Number two, uh, Verse 2, he will not cry or shout aloud or cause his voice to be heard in the street. Number 3, or verse 3, a bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will bring forth justice in truth. And I think those first three verses are so important um, because people are feeling like angry and they don't feel like there's justice in this world. Maybe they feel like they were born into uh, poverty, probably, or They were not treated correctly or they've been hurt in some way. But I want to tell you, um, this is one of the most famous, one of many famous prophecies concerning the future hope that we have in Christ who came and died on the cross for our sins, actually. And this scripture is a prophetic scripture about him. And so it he the one thing I wanted to note. It was fulfilled in Matthew, the book of Matthew, but I'm looking at the Old Covenant right now because it says, I will put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice. And you know, God is a God of justice. 
He's a God of mercy, but he also is going to bring justice. Right now, people are talking about judgment. Is there judgment on the earth because of this this outbreak of this plague? And if you're in the church, you might think, is God bringing judgment against the church? Or you might think, is God judging the church? And I want to say, if you look scripturally at the whole counsel of the Word of God, which is what you're supposed to do, and I have, I believe God uses everything the enemy that would try to launch against people, mankind, humankind, he will use it in all three ways. He'll use it to judge the devil, the antichrist spirit loose in the earth. He will use it to sift out the church and he will also he will also allow or permit it. He just allows or permit it. Why? Why? Why does he do that? Because he knows the end of the story. He knows what's going to happen. He he knows that he's going to come, and he's called the God of heaven's armies. Jesus is the Lord of heaven's armies. He came to this planet, to this orphan planet, and rescued us and saved us and redeemed us. And now we're looking at the time when he shall return. You say, well, what time is that? The Bible tells us that his true church, his people, will know the season and the time. We should know it. But we won't know the exact day or hour. Only the Father knows that. So if anyone tries to give you a date, an actual date, I would be very leery of that because Jesus clearly said no one knows the exact day. But you will know the season and the, you know, what season we're in. And I believe we're in the beginning of sorrows. So this is just the beginning. And it's a time to pray. It has, has always been. But it's a time to know what God's Word says. And, and it's something that we need to look at The prophecies that were spoken were already fulfilled. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that were fulfilled about Messiah coming. And they were fulfilled in Jesus. There's no one like him in history. There's no no one that has fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. So when we study God's word, we are putting God's word in our heart and our minds. We're building up spiritual muscle. And then we're, we're going to gain understanding. So it's not just reading the word and memorizing, you know, memorize, memorize, memorize. It's meditating, thinking about putting your affection on the word. Yes, you will learn the word of God. You will memorize it. You'll become stronger. And then you'll be able to tell others. You'll be able to teach others. So part of the job as a teacher is to point you in the right direction and help you. It's helping you. Um, part of the gift ministry or the ministry gifts in the church um, are to build up the, God's people. It's to reveal uh, to the people of God what the Lord is revealing. And then you can go after the word of God for yourselves and you can study it. So behold my servant who I'm speaking of, my elect whom my soul delights in. I will put my spirit upon him and he'll bring forth justice and right or righteousness. So Jesus is going to return. He's going to set up his kingdom and he is going to, um, in, from Jerusalem, and he is going to bring righteousness and justice. So you can say some things are just not right. They're just not just. And why aren't these people being judged? Why aren't these people being held accountable? Well, I got to tell you, there is coming a day. It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. And that Great White Throne Judgment, no one gets by with anything. They will go before the Lord Jesus Christ, and he, it says he came, will come to judge the nations. So the nations, we're not picking out any particular nation and pointing our finger. All nations will come before his throne. Amen. And so um, just opening up with a couple of scriptures um, like that with helping you to understand in Isaiah 42 that um, 
it describes Jesus, and he will not fail or become weak, it says in verse 4, or be crushed and discouraged till he has established justice. Again, that word justice in the earth and the islands and coastal regions shall wait hopefully for him and expect um, his direction and law. So these are, like I said, a series of famous prophecies concerning the future, and it happened. And Jesus will finally, in the end, God's kingdom come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom will come. It's called the new heaven and the new earth. That's the term, new heaven and new earth. And it will not be like it is today. So this is not where it is. If you're thinking you put all of your effort, all of your ability right now, everything in this world, this world is passing away. This world, this fallen world is passing away. This isn't how God wanted it. From the beginning, the very book of beginnings, the Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the beginning, the book of Genesis. And in that book of Genesis, there is a so important word of God where there is his beginning creation of man and woman and the fall and how the enemy came in, the enemy of God, the devil, came in disguised as a serpent and tempted um Eve, and then Eve in turn, uh, you know, shared this, partook of this fruit as she was not supposed to, uh, the forbidden tree uh, that God told them not to. Then the day they did, they would surely die. So the beginning is very important. And you need to look at that. We're going to go into the Bible and look at it. This is just the introduction. I just want to kind of get you ready for what we're going to be studying. It's so exciting. And I want to tell you one story before we close today. I hope you enjoyed the, the podcast. But the story I want to tell you is something I saw a few months back, last year actually, where it was a testimony I saw of a, of a young man. And he was, he's a very famous designer in Hollywood, actually. And he, he, he told a story about um, how he came to Christ, his testimony. And he said that he was with his partner, and they were in, I guess, like a, a restaurant. It was Sunday. And they noticed a group of young uh, people sitting in the restaurant with Bibles. And he said, this, this man, he said, I was just so astounded that somebody was actually reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And they were kind of mocking in a way, and cur- but curious. It piqued his interest. Like, who would have the courage to bring a Bible? I'm, and he said he had, ne- he had been Hollywood for years, and he was well-known, and that he had never seen anyone with a Bible, carrying a Bible, or even reading a Bible there. So it it was kind of like they were mocking, but in the same time, I sensed that's what they were doing. We were kind of mocking, laughing about it. Like, what? What would someone do that, do that for? But they noticed something, or he noticed this man, something about, um, you know, um, these people that they were reading and studying it. And he asked a question, and well, because he said, well, what would God, he, he asked this man or people at the table, what would God think about, about, what does God think about gay people? Well, he said, the reason he said that is he was gay and he just wanted to start, he said he would have at that time started an argument and fought with them and, and everything. But he just said, um, they said, well, you know, he, they, they just very calmly said, well, God, you know, God, you know, uh, that's that's forbidden by God, you know, actually homosexuality. And it's very clearly written in God's word. And they didn't back off, and they didn't hem-haw around, and they didn't compromise. And that struck this young designer as very unusual. 
the Spirit of God was there. And so it wasn't like a phony group of Christians who were phony and afraid to share the truth in God's Word. And I want to tell you something that impressed this young man so much that they had courage to share. No, it's sinful. It's a sin. God calls it a sin. And and they were honest. They weren't condemning. They weren't pointing their finger. They weren't yelling. They weren't screaming. They weren't beating them up with the Bible, the Word of God over their head. That's all. That's media hype. You know that? That's social media stuff that you see. That's not the way real Christians act. You know, they really are humble and they really do love, they love God, they're humble, and they wanted to tell him the truth. Well, he asked a question, what do you think about this? And they said, well, it's, you know, it's, they actually said it was sinful and that the Bible was very clear what it says in the Bible. And so this piqued this young man's interest. So they said, why don't you come to our church, you know, and next Sunday or whatever. And they invited him. And they gave him, I guess, the address and information. They said, come, you know, and, and, and so he took the information. Well, that following Sunday, I, I believe it was the following Sunday, he got up and he said he didn't know what he was going to do that Sunday. He was just kind of driving around, and he ended up at that church, like in the parking lot. And I thought it was funny because he kind of said, well, I didn't see those people. I was wondering, they invited me, but they weren't there. Like almost like they were supposed to be outside waiting for him or something. But he didn't know you could just, anyone could come in, I guess. And they didn't need to have a formal, you know, invite or whatever. So he went in and he said he sat down and he heard uh, the word of God for the first time, the message about Jesus. And he went forward and asked for prayer and they came around him and prayed for him. And he accepted Christ into his heart and he became a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ when he heard the gospel message. And his life has never been the same. He said, he, he, you know, it, it just changed. But it was that word of God, hearing the word, faith cometh, the Bible says, by hearing the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, what is faith? Well, faith is like trusting and hope, putting your confidence. The word is confidence in God and his word. So when you hear the word, it, it actually causes faith, more trust in God to rise up. And the Bible said to every man or woman is given the measure of faith to believe. So you could say, well, some people are being cheated. They didn't get faith. No, the Bible says, darling, everybody is given, given everyone the ability to believe. So it's sort of equal with everyone, but you can choose not to believe or you can choose to believe. And you can build your faith up and you can have more faith in God through the word of God. That's how it works. There's no other way. You can say, I'm praying for faith. Well, you can keep doing that, honey, but you're not going to get it that way. You're going to get it by studying the word of God, receiving the word of God for yourself. Okay. No one can give you faith. You have to study it, believe it, and receive it for yourself and act on it. So I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. This is the introduction, and we are going to get in and dig into the Word of God. I wanted to give you a little assignment before we close. You go, oh, I don't know if I want an assignment. <laughs> Guess what? I'm a teacher. You're going to get an assignment. The assignment is to read, to read, actually read. And if you have to, you know, listen to it. There's so many apps out there. There's Bible.is. There's so many Bible apps. If you have to listen to it, listen to it. But something happens when you actually read it. Yes, hearing it and hearing it. But actually when you look at it on the page and put it in your heart that way. But you can listen to it. 
on your phone or on your iPad, however you want to listen to it. But also, John chapter 1, 2, and 3. Read the gospel of Jesus' disciple. His name was John, and he wrote firsthand eyewitness account of Jesus, who he was with for three and a half years. It's reliable, and you can receive it, and you can hear it, and you can grow in it. So just read John's account, chapters 1, 2, and 3, to kind of get you started. And then I will give you more things to read in the future and to study. But you have to make that effort to reach out and say, God, I want to know you. So let's close right now. Father, I thank you for this podcast, for this time with you and your word. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us, for being the teacher of the church and taking those things of Jesus and revealing them to everyone in this audience and helping them. You're the helper to come alongside. And as they humble themselves and say, I want to know your word, simply show them your word. Show them Jesus and who he is. That he came to and did come to die for us on the cross for our sins and that we were orphans, but he drew us out of many waters, to the Father's heart. He saves us, you heal us, and you change us. And we become born again, new creations in Christ, when we receive Jesus and his message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you said, Lord, and you shall be saved. So, Lord, thank you for this time. I bless everybody on this call. Thanks for being with me today. Bye-bye.